0: the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guest tonight's adventures throughout the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Sterry, and I'm a 20-plus year veteran of the Twin Cities Minnesota Metro music scene. Check me out at Mark Sterry. That's S-T-A-R-Y music.net. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of my original music is available for download on iTunes, CD Baby, and most other places you get music online. This podcast drops every Tuesday, if not before, on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you enjoy it, please subscribe. It's totally free and guarantees you'll never miss an episode. If you got an extra buck or two, if you would mind tossing in the podcast tip jar. Please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Stary Music Podcast. Also considering helping get the word out on the street via social media, five-star rating interview, and or tell a friend or two. Happy Thought of the Day is by Ringo Starr. I had no schooling before I joined the Beatles, and no schooling after the Beatles. Life is a great education. Thanks for tuning in, and welcome to the Mark Stare Music Podcast. Enjoy! Enjoy. Welcome back to the Mark Stereo Music Podcast, episode 285. Please support this week's sponsors, 45th Parallel Distilleries, ID Chrysler, Zambroda, and the b Club. Also, thanks to all the folks who contribute to this podcast on Patreon.com. Not sure if you guys know it, but I also produce another podcast called Canine Inspired Podcast. Fun show about life, dogs, and this week, a death doula. Last week's Geeks Wrap-Up. Wednesday, played at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota. Good to see Randy T. back in action. Thursday, played at b Club in St. Paul slash Roseville, Minnesota. Great to have Dustonius and Macklemore Corey in attendance. Friday, played at Carmine's in Woodbury, Minnesota. Fun times rocking some dancey 80s stuff. And good to see my Aunt Cheryl. Saturday, played at Birch Street Bar in Amber, Wisconsin. Thanks for helping roadie, Harley-Davidson, Andrew.
1: Upcoming shows.
0: Wednesday, March 31st, 2021, I'll be playing Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. Thursday, April 1st, I'll be playing at BDL Club in Roseville, St. Paul, Minnesota from 7 to 10 p.m. Friday, April 2nd, I'll be playing at Ingredients in Wiper Lake, Minnesota from 5 to 8 p.m. Saturday, April 3rd, I'll be playing at Rosetown Legion in Roseville, Minnesota from 7 to 10 p.m. It's part three of three with popular Minnesota drummer, currently with hairball, Billy Thomas. We talk Rocket Club, Galactic Cowboy Orchestra, Two Minutes to Midnight, and more. Enjoy the conversation. (laughs) So, Billy, how do you go from, you're from St. Cloud, right? Yes, and your me. first band was, was it Requiem?
2: <laughs> wow, you've been studying on me <laughs> or something. Uh, that was the name of my first band, yes.
0: What kind of music was Requiem yep. playing?
2: <laughs> oh, we well, it was just a cover thing. The whole impetus for that band coming together was our local music store that we hung out at was having a, a garage band. Bash, it was called, you know, so Battle of the Bands, basically. And uh, and the people at the store were like, oh, You get your brother and get some guys together and do something. And I did like ran straight home and went right to my brother's room and, Hey, we got, we should put something together. And we did. And then we just did songs we wanted to do. And it was, we did Tesla, Ace Freely uh, Metallica, Disposable Heroes. We did like all kinds of, well, you know, Metallica was really like up and coming at that time, like it was starting to blow up. Megadeth, we did Wake Up Dead. Um, so, just a bunch of really cool hard rock that's, you know, that we wanted to play that had some certain amount of uh, uh, musicianship in it that we really liked. We did a lot of Ozzy with Randy Rhodes because our guitar player could, like, just nail, he just knew every Randy Rhodes lick off of. Ozzy Osbourne tribute which when I think where that album was out came out at the time and so we did a lot of that stuff but yeah we just we were in our teens you know 17 years old and we played for our friends and we won the competition that was sort of like that was the thing we won that and then we just played around town and here and there but that was my start of just being in a band and playing with
0: people. Then how did you go like step by step to getting to work with like Johnny Lang, and Rocket Club and whatever?
2: Right. Um, so yeah, that was my first band in St. Cloud, and then I think that was I was done with that. I don't, I don't even know how that ended. My brother kept that band going, and then I, I ended up working at that music store, Al's Music in St. Cloud, and I got hired by some uh, another guy. His name is Kurt Blazing. He recently passed away. Um, he's a well-known guy in the St. Cloud scene. Um, he supported all the local artists in St. Cloud for for his whole life, or as long as he's lived there, long, long time in St. Cloud. So, um, and he had a band called Uncle Grooves, and they just they played like Tom Petty and Replacements and Psychedelic Furs and stuff that I like wasn't. Hit to or not even necessarily got into but it was uh, something to do it was a you know i always took the challenge of playing some you know music i or i've never played before or wasn't hit to and i i guess i started doing that <laughs> early on um but i did that and you know i did my first gig in the cities they did some original music it was just different different kind of music and so i did that and then then I played with some other band, or what else? A band called Mona's Gravy, and they played every Monday at the red carpet. So like, all right, cool, a weekly gig. And a band that played like Pink Floyd and Little Feet, um, Clapton. There's a lot of really fun material. Traffic, stuff that I was again, I wasn't hip to. I didn't like even know this stuff, but I learned all the music for it. And, and it was just... A part of you know expanding the vocabulary i guess and um but that was you know that was post high school i mean even in high school i was in high school band a jazz band and i went to st Cloud state on a jazz scholarship for a couple of years so that was in the mix as well but i left college to go play gigs more full-time and teach drums and stuff like that i just decided to dive in and do that Went that path, so I, I played locally in Saint Cloud for a while, and then there was a band called Riff Raff that was from Saint Cloud, and they moved to St. Louis at some point, and I ended up getting a call from them. They wanted a they wanted a new drummer, and but I had to move out to St. Louis, and but I, and I did so. I did that for one year, got some more like touring experience out of the station wagon and rider truck hauling our own PA and lights and the whole, whole
0: bit I gotta dive in if you lived in St. Louis did you go see Chuck Berry at Blueberry Hill
2: never did go see him there no no missed I missed out on that um I don't think my head was in that at that time in my life anyways I mean I had I had hair down to my nipples I was a rocker hippie dude pretty strong there so that in hindsight I mean god it's yeah I hate to have missed out on that um I played that bar years later. (laughs) God,
0: you've done pretty much everything.
2: I remember with, with,
1: what did I play with?
0: Um,
2: Oh, I'm drawing a blank. I know I played that bar once with like a blues act. And then, uh, but yeah, so I lived in St. Louis for a year and then, um, Moved back to the cities. Um, I left that group. The whole scene of that of that cover rock, hard rock cover thing. I mean, it was just a hard thing. Bars were closing left and right, even back then. Um, so then it was time to make that move, and I was like, oh, I'm not going back to St. Cloud. I kind of I've done everything. I feel like I can do there right now. So let's try our, the Twin Cities and.
0: It's the Jeep celebration event at ID Chrysler Zambroda. Lease the 2021 Jeep Cherokee Latitude LUX 4x4 for just $3.19 per month for 36 months, which is your first payment due at signing. I love my black Jeep Cherokee I get from ID Chrysler. With 250,000 miles, my old car was just too much for the poor thing to take. I found myself looking for my new dream ride at ID Chrysler and the staff could have more help with me choosing the vehicle and willing to work with my, as I call it, musician's credit score. Their philosophy is simple, time-saving, hassle-free, fair price. Check out their inventory at ZombrodaCDJR.com or take the beautiful drive down US 52 to 1900 Roscoe Avenue, Zombroda, Minnesota to visit them in person. Business hours are Monday through Friday, 8 to 6 p.m. and Saturday 9 to 5 p.m. Closed on Sundays. Check out ID Chrysler's Zombrona today and enjoy a safe spring season full of adventures and memories out in the open road in a new ride.
2: Moved into my sister's basement and and I've been in the Twin Cities ever since. Um, 94. So uh, I did that where, let's see, I I worked at Guitar Center for about a year. Um, Like so many musicians have been in and out of that place. Um, And then I, I started playing with some original bands, because I I mean, I've had plenty of experience playing with cover bands at that point. And it was an opportunity to play with some original, play original music, create some stuff. And I played with a band called nuns honey. And I also played with this group um, fronted by Barb Cohen, it was called Barb Cohen and Little Lizard. And two different, completely different styles of music, going on right there. But you know, got to play, you know, the main room and Seventh Street and Four Hundred and Five Corners and all caboos and all. Just played all the all the clubs, and got to meet a lot of people through that. Just got to know people in the scene from when I worked at Guitar Center and and onward. Like it was just all about once you move to the cities, it's just. And meet everyone, and so yeah, I did that gig for I did both those gigs for a couple of years so 94 to 96, and then it was at the end of 96 that the Johnny Land gig came about. Um, and it was my old buddy Paul Detelm, stretch rocker from uh, he plays the fabulous, fabulous Armadillos nowadays. Um, but I grew up with that dude st cloud he worked at al's music at the music store that i went to as a, as a teen so longtime friend and and he's turned me on to so much music and always been just like a a great mentor for me musically and and just just a great one of my best friends in music and he got the call i had a day job and while i was doing these other bands but he call me from the road, and he, he got the call to fill in when Johnny Johnny let go of the Big Bang, or the Big Bang left him, I guess, right a couple weeks before, or a couple days after, having to go out on a tour, opening for Buddy Guy, and Doug Nelson got the call on bass, and my buddy Paul got the call on guitar, and it was Bruce, and then a young uh, guy named Corey Keller was drumming. He was, I think, he was sixteen. And he'd, did that tour. Paul called me from the road, telling me how it's going. It's like, wow, man, it's great. And, you know, I just got, guess I'm joining the band. You got the call to do it full time. Man, that's awesome, you know. And then said, oh, the drummer is probably not going to work out. Should I give him your name? And at that point, Johnny was really big locally at that time. He, was, he blew up locally. And I remember seeing him like at Cedar Fast and other like, big shows and stuff and uh so i was aware of what he was doing and what was going on but i was just like yeah sure i mean it could be fun sounds like he's doing stuff and um that was it they gave me they gave my number and johnny called once or twice too and just as you know what should i work on what do you want me to you know here and send you the songs and did a couple of rehearsals and played a show at the U of M, like U of M homecoming and got hired that night from one show. And then that was it. That was the next eight years of fun and madness. So,
0: and what led you to move on from that gig?
2: Well, it's Johnny wanted to make a move and he wanted to, uh, he didn't really tell us at the time (laughs) that it was going to be a full-time thing. He told me it was like maybe a temporary thing, but, uh, but it wasn't. And I think I was naive enough to believe that, but, um, he just, it's just a natural thing. Artists want to get some new blood in there, try some new things, explore, you know, you you played with us for eight years. And I think he took it as far as, as it could have been taken and, and, and I'm sure he probably didn't feel good about having to make any of those moves. Cause we've been through a lot together and we were there with him in his, you know, in his ride to where he's at nowadays. And so we're still buddies. We're still good. You know, um, I talked to him a couple years ago when he came through town and played and all that. I know right now he's not playing at all. And
0: he's I read that. What's up with his problem. voice?
2: Yeah, I'm not sure, you know, he's, anyone who's hip to him, I mean, he sings hard, he sings so hard, and so many years of doing that, it's got to catch up at some point. So, um, so if I'm to read between the lines of what I see in the statement, it's just like, well, they're hoping things were to get better, and it just hasn't yet, and until it does, it shouldn't be singing at all. You know, so I think he's just kind of he's on hiatus for now, for who knows how long. Well
0: if Tom Kiefer can get that squeal voice back, you think Johnny Lang can get yeah. his back?
1: <laughs> yeah, <a> good point. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you know, I just hope it, it, hope it doesn't take like you know a bunch of surgeries or, or injections and, and whatnot. I mean, I just can't imagine what his voice has been through through these years. So I mean, it makes sense with what's you know, it makes sense. He's a hard singer, so it's it's going to happen. But you know, I hope he hope he gets back to it at some point.
0: Was Rocket Club um, the next yeah. thing for you after Johnny?
2: Um. Not right away, um, but so when the Johnny thing was done, I was kind of left hanging for a little bit, like kind of, because you kind of said like, well, you know, no, we'll be working again, you know, just just doing this thing first. And, and the thing kind of kept going and kept going. All right, so I kind of realized it's not going to happen and time to move on. And uh, I ended up doing for a brief, I don't know if it's even a year's worth, I played with this band called Catch Penny and uh band that Michael Bland was helping develop. Someone
1: to lean on Someone to lean on the world's run you through you been fighting
2: your demons Some talented boys from Wisconsin and it was a it's a pop rock group. Um... And here I am, kind of, like, fresh off of, like, tours, some of the biggest tours around, and then definitely got humbled pretty quick having to play with, you know, some some boys that don't have a lot of experience but are super excited to do anything and everything at all time. And it was, I think it's it just, it was a funny fit at that time for that because I, I definitely had to have come across as so jaded and so, like, bitter about, I'm used to doing this and now I'm doing this. And I know there were times I just did not deal with that well. And to this day, I still kind of put up my apologies out to the world, like, you know, this story. And, and, and it's all just lessons learned because, you know, I had to I do a lot of the exploring and to, and to look back and to recognize that. And, go, and I'm, I'll bet I was an unsavory character. I know I was. And, and so that was a weird time for me. And I was basically just playing parts that it, just like with any cover group, I'm just, I'm there to replicate what's been done. And I've always been pretty good at that. So that's all I was hired to do. So I was the guy, you know, getting a paycheck. And these other guys that were a lot younger than me, they were just in it for the fun and, and trying to get somewhere with it. So I was just the hired gun and just I kind of, I, like I always am on my hired gun. So, um, I did that for a bit and then the Rocket Club thing happened kind of slowly organically because that came about as just another like my buddy Matt Kirkwald I've been friends with for a super long time he's he's one of my good buddies man I love that guy and he um, he just came at me with hey I'm doing this project with these guys these two guys are songwriters and they just want to document these songs. They weren't even looking to make a record, but they just they got a little bit of a budget and they want to rec- make nice recordings of their songs. Cool. And so we did that. Yeah, we're going to Pachyderm. Awesome. You know, love going there. And so we did a batch of songs. I don't know, four songs? Maybe six, but I thought maybe it's yeah, four or five, six songs. That was fun. Really enjoyed, liked the songs a lot going, hey, this is quality stuff. This is great. And it was really fun. And that was that. It was just a session. And then I think I ended up doing some more. There was one other session a little later. Did another small batch of tunes. And it ended up being a record. It didn't, I, I, you know, it didn't intend to be that way, apparently, when they started this. So all of a sudden, oh, they wanted to turn it into a record. It turned out so good. And somewhere in that process, Chris Hockey got folded into that because matt kirkwald was also producing a record for chris hockey and and matt's in the center going you'd sound great on this other stuff that i'm doing and and they got introduced and they all sat together and sang and went whoa this sounds special and then that it sort of just came together that way and like yeah then chris started singing on some of the stuff and and then all right i got this two vocalist thing but it's it's working and then it just it turned into a thing and they did a gig i was i don't know just doing the jobbing thing i was just playing around playing with a bunch of people and they just they just hired a different drummer and they did a gig because they said oh let's go play a show somewhere and they played out a little i didn't remember the name of the place it was in burnsville black dog
0: might have been black
2: out. I, I think I think it was that. It was something like oh. right after thirteen.
0: Hope you had the chance to check out the ultra-limited release New Richmond Rye finished in a Towny port wine barrel at the distillery. Get yours while you can. Cheers! 45th Parallel is a family-owned craft distillery in New Richmond, Wisconsin. They opened their doors in 2007 and went from making a single vodka, producing dozens of different spirits including gins, whiskeys, and citrus liqueurs. 45th Parallel Distillers are committed to a slow craft philosophy, slow fermentation, slow infusion, slow distillation, slow blending, slow aging. Their mission is create high high-quality spirits using local ingredients whenever possible and to provide visitors with a great experience. Stop in and check them out at 1570 Madison Avenue New Richmond, Wisconsin. Check out dot com for hours and more information. So we're looking for a quality alcoholic beverage to enjoy while listening to your favorite local musicians. Try a 45th Parallel Distillery product. You won't be disappointed. Please drink responsibly.
2: Some small bar there, and they just, you know, wanted to play. Again, I think it was something. They didn't intend to do it, but like, well, let's go play and I think they went and did a gig and I went and watched it and I thought, well, it's just weird to watch. It was, I had a deja vu. Like, it's like me watching Johnny. Like oh, I used to play this stuff and I'm watching someone else do it. It's kind of weird, but um I was just at the show. And then we talked afterwards and at some point I just said, well, if anything happens, you know, would love to, you know, let me know. I'd be happy to play with you guys if something happens. (laughs) And then something happened, you know, they, and then again, I think they just wanted to make that move. Like, well, this seems natural. Why don't we have that guy that played on the stuff, do it. And that was that, um, ended up being the hired gun for that project. And that thing took off in a way that was unexpected for everyone. And, um, and we did some really fun things in the, in the time period that we were doing stuff, uh, that was a fun thing in its own, because at least that was something I was a part of and part of creating. And, um, and even, even in that group, I was still carried over a lot of leftover, like, Oh, I'm used to doing this, 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 but I'm doing this, but I'm doing this now kind of crap, you know, just some, some ungrateful bullshit sometimes, you know, it's just so stupid, (laughs) but this is all in hindsight, you know, when you see this, but it's like, all in all, though, really fun experience. I really enjoyed that. We did some great things. We got on um, Billboard charts. We did things that you know, no one would have thought possible as a band, like a so quote unquote country band from Minnesota. So, um, so that was fun while that lasted. <laughs> and then you know, in, in between doing that, while well, I was with Rocket Club, it wasn't like an exclusive thing too. It was just a mix of. I was just working all over the place, doing gigs, bar gigs, playing with, like, uh, Hookers and Blow, and and whatever else was out there, doing a lot of fill-in stuff, um, just filled in with a lot of bands, and just worked wherever the work was, back, back in the day when we used to play shows, so... Um,
0: Hey Billy, out of, all the, out of all the types of bands you've played in and all the genres of music, is there one that sticks out that you'd still like to try? Thrash metal, jazz, thrash metal, or what like what what kind of band would be mm-hmm. interesting to you now?
2: Uh, um. I would say definitely something uh, maybe that's very prog proggy
0: um didn't you jam with my old guitar player Dan Neal for a while
2: yes yeah and that was you know obviously that was another uh, band that I did for a short term let's see when was that kind of like late late 2000s into the into the 20 teens a little bit Uh, Galactic Cowboy Orchestra is the name of the group (laughs) And I really enjoyed playing in that band. Um, that was that was a lot of fun. I love the music. That, that mix of music because um, I love bluegrass and I love weird prog, progressive rock, and all that. It was just it was that band's a strange mix of that stuff. But that was a great challenging band for me, and I was able to do part of a record with them, and and um, and so my time with that was that was a lot of fun um so yeah dan dan's a beast i love playing with dan he's he's just he's just an amazing individual amazing player
0: oh i'm gonna see him on tuesday at the bdl club he's coming back out we're doing a top five old school country podcast coming up here next oh. week
2: oh he's you got you got one of the best guys to talk about that oh, I, know. Right
0: I played with him for a million years too i absolutely love old danny
2: yeah, Dan's the best. So, He's just a sweet sweetheart.
0: Yeah. So Billy, I'll just ask a, cu- a couple real quick questions here before the end. But um, what would you say your primary drum influences would be? Like your Mount Rushmore of your drum sound? Who would those drummers be, or whatever uh, music musicians? Yep. Um, I
2: am traditionally not good with. Favorites and best lists and all that kind of stuff, but uh, I will try here. A, a Mount Rushmore, that's a good way to put it. Obviously, John Bonham is kind of the basis of what I do or who I am as a player um, and what I like in a drummer. Um, there, there's just a million players I love that I just absolutely like, admire, and love. So I just I always feel like I'm going to be leaving out some very key people. Um, but uh, Bill Bruford for for just everything he's done, his inventiveness, his uniqueness, his identifiable sound. Um, Richie Hayward from Little Feet. No one drums like him. He's got such an incredible feel. Um, seriously, I just had like 20 drummers run through my head. and i That's I close to four.
0: Down. I think you got your four there pretty much.
2: It's close. Obviously, like, I, I've been through a lot of phases. So, you know, I love Alex Van Halen. I love that thing. But as far as who I am as a drummer, I definitely identify with the Charlie Watts Ringo. um, just some of the core pop rock drummers, because when I was with Johnny, I I was definitely kind of forced to simplify and to really like, learn how to learn how to not play things. I spent so much of my time learning how to play this and that, and then to learn how to not play those things. Un, to undo those things know that you don't you don't do this there that type of thing that type of decision making because that was required on me i mean i had to if i would have it i would have been done you know but to be able to recognize that recognize what you know what's tasteful um you can play anything you want as long as it works and what does that mean and it depends on what you know who you're playing with, what music you're playing, and, and what the setting is. But you know, so I mean, I've had to study a lot of different drummers through the years, and I've done so many like different tribute shows, and I get in the mode of different drummers. So that's something I've always loved is getting into those characters, whether it's like Stuart Copeland, who's absolutely completely different from like Mick Fleetwood, you know, and I've of Karen Carpenter. I mean I've done Carpenter shows. I've done all kinds of different stuff that when I go into it I'm like, boy this is this is interesting that I'm doing this. And then by the time I'm done learning this stuff, I have such a newfound respect for these players having studied the hows and the whys of what makes them so good that hopefully that, you know, I just, you know, that makes me a better more well-rounded player all in all is the hope in all of that.
0: But. Cool, man. Another, just another quick question. I don't know him very well, but I would see him quite a bit playing in breezy point and around the area and heard a lot of nice things. How's your brother Steven doing? Is he still playing?
2: He is still playing, but not much, you know, as with most of us, most of us aren't playing very much out there, but, um, he's doing well. Um, I think he's still figuring out his summer as far as gigs and stuff. He's gonna be doing a lot more like solo and duo gigs. He's been doing he's been doing what you're doing too. Like he's he's in that circuit, um, playing all over. So but he's you know, he has a daughter um and a fiance in Tennessee, and I know that he's gonna eventually be moving out there um so that's in his future there's no uh concrete plans as of yet you know when that's happening or what but that is something that he'll be doing down the road and uh and I think that he's preparing for and as far as what that means for his playing and all that I, I think that's yet to you know he's yet to find that out what that means i think he's gonna have to find some musicians in tennessee to play with you know so um, so it'll be fun and uh, an interesting challenge for him to move to a new area.
0: Yeah, the heck, yeah! It's plenty of musicians down in Tennessee, I'd guess, for him to run into.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so and it's more like Knoxville, not Nashville. Obviously, yeah. sure Nashville would be a different thing. But he's a few hours from there. But we're, uh, but Knoxville is like you know it's close to Atlanta and Asheville and Nashville, and it's close to a lot of cities there. So um, so he could have a lot of Um, There's a lot of potential out there, I think,
0: for him. Cool. I want to tell you about one of my favorite bars in the Roseville slash St. Paul, Minnesota area. The B-Dale Club, located in the corner of County Road B, and Dale's motto is, a place for family, a place for friends, a place for fun, and that is the truth. The food at T-Birds Cafe and Takeaway is always out of this world. Plans in the works for Bead Hill Club mini golf tourney this spring. Looking like Sunday, May 23rd. Get a team and sign up at the bar. Rob, Emily, Natalie, Kate, Shelley, the entire bar staff are all state-of-the-art cocktail artists. I've been being told after being top ta- I've been told after being talked about in these podcast ads. The friggin' Wallers Woody Hill Cocktail, the Sun in Like cakes. Save the date. B-Dale Cup Barbecue Contest, August 7th, 2021. Karaoke, live music, pool table, pool tass, bingo nights, botch, tournaments, and much, much more. B-Dale's got law. Stop by for a cold one soon. So almost a year ago, right before COVID, right before you guys were going to do your Daytona run, Happy was on the podcast. He came to the B-Dale oh. Club thank you th- yeah. through you through your invitation, whatever. And he was in the top five yeah. kiss albums of all time. And he was talking about the next day. He had to have a, um, a treatment for cancer and he's, I see on yeah. Facebook, like kicking cancer's ass. He's got that page going, but how is Happy's yeah. health for all the listeners out there that were fans of him being on the show?
2: Yeah, boy. I mean, the dude is a fighter. Unlike anyone I've ever met. Um, you know, there's been some ups and downs with with everything he's been going through with that. But right now, things are, are fairly optimistic in that, you know, he, he was, you know, doing scans and he scanned clean for a while. And then, then they eventually found a couple little spots so that, you know, it's been back. But they've, I think, and this is just all to the best of my knowledge, but they've been doing... Um, a chemo, maybe like slash like immunotherapy type treatment, which isn't the same type of chemos that he's been on before that cause like neuropathy and all that other nasty stuff that you get with that. So, but he's been on a different treatment program and the last scan that they did, I mean, I think this was like a couple of weeks ago or so, um, that the spots that they found, they said that they're, they're shrinking, that they're getting smaller. So that's, you know, about as good as news as you can get with where he's at. So he's just, he's fighting and, um, and, and he's eating well, he's working out, he's, he's newly married. Um, and, you know, you can only imagine he's chomping at the bit like the rest of us to just to get back and doing it. Um, but he's doing good considering what he's been having to go through. I mean, it's amazing what he's been able to, to do through all
0: of this, but he's, he's hanging in there. Awesome, man. And final question, I guess, what are you listening to now that you'd like to share with us besides two minutes to midnight covers? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that two minutes to midnight cover you did with Chris Fox and those guys. That sounded awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah,
2: that was fun. I might play at the end of this one, episode.
0: Man. That's cool. I might play that song at the end.
2: Dude, yeah. yeah. It sounded no, freaking uh...
0: awesome, dude
2: cool i had a a good time making that one that was fun
0: was it just four guys in that Um, too just four people playing
2: yeah yeah this guy dakota denman he did all the guitars he's he's a beast he's he's from nashville and that dude he's uh, he's amazing and so yeah he nailed all that guitar so good and craig on the bass he, he nailed the bass everyone did just such a great job on it so it was really fun and I had a fun time mixing it and doing the whole thing, putting it together. It was, uh, it was a good thing. Chris Chris is the one that came to me with it, and uh, and we tried to put it together. I ended up having to do the drum track to, like, nothing. Like, a click track, and I just did the whole song in my head. And that's, that's how we had to build it. That's really, like, totally not a traditional way to do it, obviously. <laughs> and so, yeah, then... And then sent the drum track to Dakota, and then Dakota was able to do all his guitars on it and build on that. And then Craig put the bass on, and yeah, so that was how it was built. It's very like a unique way to do it, but um, yeah, it was fun, man. I thought it turned out pretty good considering, uh, you know yeah i it turned out well
0: that's awesome so what I, I guess listening yeah what, what you listen to what's what's something that uh, i'm always looking for new things and new people to listen to what's something you can throw oh, my man. way that for me to check out
2: god it's, as far as newer stuff it's
0: anything could be something from the 1920s kind of, just whatever's tripping your trigger right. nowadays
2: well what's tripping my trigger i'm i'm going back to like i'm listening to like old genesis has been something i've been that i've listened to a lot of and that's just that that prog side of me that there's still albums and stuff out there that i'm that i have yet to check out that when i do i really been finding some some stuff that's exciting to me so it's nice that that stuff still exists out there and and even to like rush some like some of the like i mean i grew up on the on the like moving pictures and previous era of rush like that's stuff i grew up on and then as they got a little more keyboardy i didn't didn't latch on to that as much um but i've been listening to a lot of that stuff lately because it's um really well done stuff the productions and the and listening to neil's playing and 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 reading his lyrics, especially since we've lost Neil, it's something I've paid attention to more and really admiring is his, Neil's artistry and that stuff is, is pretty spectacular. Um, man, I'm all over the place with that kind of stuff. I mean, to, I'm listening to... I listen to Bruce Hornsby. I love Bruce Hornsby. I love Grateful Dead. I mean, these are things that people might not think of, you know, wouldn't know of me. Uh, Los Lobos to uh, Danny Gatton to, uh, uh, man, I don't know. I'm all over the damn place. That's cool, man.
0: I'm thinking the Genesis thing sounds pretty good. I cover Invisible Touch. I'm guessing that's not the Ah. area you're talking about
2: that's a little yeah even a little later i'm not so much into the pop pop (laughs) stuff of theirs as much as it's still well done well crafted stuff no doubt but i'm still i still like the stuff that's a little weirder out there long song form type stuff um that's more my vibe with uh, as far as genesis
0: goes cool brother all right we'll call it hey billy thomas thank you so much for being on the mark Stereo music podcast i appreciate it brother it was yeah, great man. to catch up with you and see what you've been up to and uh definitely have you back in the top five episode soon if you'd like yeah oh that sounds good man thanks for listening to my rambles oh i love it Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of the Mark Stary Music Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the program. We'll see you back here for a new podcast about life and times and the live and local music scene each and every Tuesday. If not before, on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places, podcasts are available. Again, please support this week's sponsors, 45th Parallel Distillery, ID Chrysler, and the Bdale Club. This is also a listener-supported podcast. If you'd like to get on board, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Sterry Music Podcast. If you enjoyed some of the musical edits on this show, please head on over to your local record store or do some digging in iTunes and load up on some new songs. Also, if you get a chance, please go check out some live music somewhere. It could be a great and worthwhile experience. Life is short. Go some fun. Until next time. ¶¶
1: I'm going to go